When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And welcome in, everybody. This is the Falcons podcast. This is the day after the first round. So it's day two of the NFL draft. And Nick and I were just saying before we came on, this is probably our favorite day of the NFL draft because this is where there are a lot of good players, but not necessarily the household names that have been getting all of the hype for the last six months coming in. Uh, where, you know, where people like us who are really draft geeks and do our homework really like to see how well we're doing, where, where they're coming in. And we each have some favorite players. Uh, in this in this uh, in this class that will be going on day two more than likely, and we, we're always interested to see where they go. Uh, first off, Nick, long day for you yesterday. It was four pods. I think I only did three. Um, probably five, six hours, maybe talking on the mic. So, how you doing today, my friend? I'm good today. Um, ask me again in about forty eight hours uh, how I'm doing. Like, God, man, on the Saturday, especially when you get to like round six, it's like, oh my god. I am a shell of a human being. I will never recover. Uh, but no, I'm doing well. Uh, it was a lot of fun last night. I'm excited to see what uh, my Broncos can do today. And also, I had to uh, hype up my uh, my boys in the uh, in Iowa City there. You know, two top 18 picks there on that defense. Let's not talk about the offense. Let's ignore them for a little bit because, God bless it, I don't want to get mad. But uh, Lucas Van Ness going 13 to the Green Bay Packers. What a Packers pick. God, a great selection for them. A little bit of a surprise. Jack Campbell going 18. A lot of people didn't love that pick, but... You've heard me rant and rave about uh, Jack Campbell, the the person on here, mm-hmm. and positional value. I agree, it wasn't a good one. As I probably wouldn't have taken him at eighteen overall, but by God, you got one of the safest players and somebody who's going to be a leader of that defense for the next ten years, without a doubt in my mind. But I tell you one thing: what we're going to do when we go through day two options on the on the simulator and see who's going where, um, we're going to move down positional value because it hasn't been as important in this draft when you start talking about running backs tight ends uh linebackers all going in the first round so it's uh, we're, we're gonna move it down just a shade a little weird though because then you have tight ends um not flying off the board michael Mayer out of the first round nobody saw that coming and uh, also the interior offensive line sliding a bit so i didn't see any safeties either so it's cu- it's curious to see where uh maybe it's just because the draft class you know the tight end so deep there are interior guys but uh running backs uh definitely ones that uh story of the day yesterday uh for the for the first round of the NFL draft and for the Falcons. Uh, I want to say good morning to some folks that were here early. Appreciate y'all being here. Uh, this is our fourth show on this channel this week. So it's been, it's been busy. Jeremy Sean always with us. Good morning, Jeremy. So on my way to Mexico, we'll have fun be safe. Drink the bottled water. Michael Rankio. Good morning, Scott and Nick on the Falcons podcast. Good morning to you, Michael, always with us as well. And he has a piece of information that's kind of cool from his hometown mm-hmm. where he lives. He said Bijan Robinson became the firstborn player in Tucson, Arizona to be drafted in the first round of the NFL draft. He went to South Point Catholic High School in Tucson. I scouted a couple guys in, that came out of there when I was living out west. Uh, very cool. Thank you, Michael, for contributing. Uh, Eric Tillery coming in. This is morning, Phyllis. Good morning to you. Uh, 100 Realists said good morning, Scott and Nick. Hope all is well. All is well. Thank you, sir. Alan, did you? Ch- oh, I was about to say, Alan, did you change your uh, screen? Yes, he did. <laughs> that Alan, welcome in. Uh, I didn't recognize the name, obviously, but he's got a burning Bijan, no matter what it looks like, written on the. Actually, it's not burning. It looks like it's set on fire, though. That's the funny part of it. Why I laugh? The corner of it looks like it's on fire. Ryan Adonis feeling good this morning. He's been on the Bijan Robinson hype train since the very beginning, so I know he's thrilled with this pick and. We'll get into a lot of reasons why you should be. Uh, I understand. You know, we'll, we'll talk the grades. I understand. I've made the case of why I didn't necessarily want Bijan at number eight, but also, I've also made the case why it makes a lot of sense and why 
you should be excited to see the best player in the draft playing for the Atlanta Falcons next year. So uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into all that. Mark Schrader, good morning. Coming in from Texas. How are you doing? We're hoping some of that rain that you had pushes north a little bit so we can play some baseball tonight out here in Georgia, Mark. Uh, Roger Cook, afternoon all. Coming in from the UK. Uh, Kevin Mapp over on Facebook kicking us off. So what's up, guys? Rob Bucksbaum, also on YouTube, saying good morning and happy uh, Friday, everyone, to you as well. And Kevin Mapp has a sentiment that I saw a lot going on yesterday, especially with Jalen Carter still on the board. Lots of crossover fans between the Atlanta Falcons and the Georgia Bulldogs. There's some pissed off Georgia Bulldogs in the state of Georgia right now with uh, Nolan Smith, you know, the Falcons passing on Jalen Carter. And then again, Nolan Smith then going to the Philadelphia Eagles in a lot of the comments I had on my Facebook page where I guess I'm a, I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fans now. And I know that's t- those are fans where their first their first allegiance is their college football team. I get it. You know, I, I wanted Jalen Carter in that pick too. Um, you know, but it's the the lack of the Atlanta Falcons' willingness over the years to select Georgia Bulldogs is pretty astounding. I wrote it up. It's it's pretty nuts, actually. Um, but yeah, there, there's this sentiment going on, and I think there's a lot of people that wish they were in the position that the Philadelphia Eagles are in right now, Nick. Yeah, I mean, coming out today, there's been a lot of uh, disparaging comments about Jalen Carter coming from a lot of like people that are insiders being like, oh, we didn't want to le- release this until after he was selected, but uh, this is what the coaching staff said, or this is what the trainer said. So there's some interesting stuff with Jalen Carter, because when you watch the tape, it's no doubt he's a special talent. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch him play, uh, see what he can do there in Philly. And I think he landed in about as ideal of a spot as possible. They don't have to rely on him year one. They got a lot of veterans and they got a lot of Georgia players who played with him and were leaders on that team uh, around him as well. But uh, it is interesting and I think worth monitoring and mentioning at least that there is some we knew about concern. But even today, after he's been picked, everybody's like, oh, good job, Eagles. But then a lot of insiders are like, well, we were waiting until after he was picked. The coaches had not some great things to say about him. And they know that though going in, you know, there there isn't anything that these that that. Folks like us are going to know in the media and, and doing research, talking with other coaches that the Philadelphia Eagles aren't going to know. So they go into this thing eyes wide open, and it's a risk worth taking, especially if you're the Philadelphia Eagles and you're sitting there on the cusp of a Super Bowl. You know, if you miss on him, okay, we still have an NFC Championship Super Bowl caliber team. If we hit on him, he could be the missing piece, and he could be the guy that moves us that far forward. So um, it's a luxury when you do things well through the years and you have a team that you can take a swing on a guy like Jalen Carter, that might not have been a luxury that the Falcons felt that they were in a position to do because in a vacuum, when we're playing Madden and you just, you're picking numbers and positions, Jalen Carter is the more logical pick, but if you're not comfortable taking him and he comes in and he, he wrecks what you are building, which is, in its infant stages for the most part with as many new players as you've got, then it's, it's not worth it. He's not going to do that in Philadelphia. They've got an established culture there. Yeah. Um, Roger Cook says the game got much easier for Ritter uh, after, after round one, for sure. And, and Tyler Algier, frankly, um, you know, the Falcons were patching together different, different running backs through, uh, through the season. And, you know, I can see a, a situation where both of these guys, there's 500 touches and, you know, Bijan gets 300 and Tyler Algil gets 200. I can see mm-hmm. a, a situation like that next year. So uh, we shouldn't, you know, be pouring, putting, putting flowers on the grave of Tyler Algier just yet. He could, he's going to have a, he's going to be a big part of this offense too, obviously. Joe yeah, Cannon says, hello, fellas. Hello, Joe. And great morning to you. Tyree says, yo, I like our pick. Um or at least y'all like our pick. He says, I'm okay with it. Y'all like our pick. I'm okay. I can, I'm okay with it. Um, we'll get into that in here. Just a little bit of finish saying some lows. Kathy Lund saying, um, good morning, friends. Good morning to you, Kathy. And Joe's happy. He says, it's a great day to be a Falcons fan. And Tyree agrees. Chase Wellner. Uh, good morning. Good morning. James Groves. we got lots of folks coming in this morning. So appreciate you coming in like this and saying, uh, and, and checking in with everybody. The chat's super busy. Good morning, James. Nighthawk says, rise up. Interesting story. My my daughter's rec softball team, she's on a couple of teams, but her rec softball team is called the Navy Nighthawks. There is a night, there's a hawk that prowls right around there. And right as it was getting dark, the hawk jumped up onto the scoreboard with a squirrel and had dinner. And we're like, eh, it's a nighthawk. It was anyway. 
It was cool to me. I know. Cool story, bro. Um, Dave Glassman, how are you doing? Uh, Albert Knoppers agrees. How are you doing, Albert? I hope your podcast went well last night as you were jumping into the space. So Eagles had a great draft so far. Good morning, y'all. And a great draft. How do they manage that, Nick? What are they doing? It's so, so crazy. Positions of value, uh, just playing it simple. They have a philosophy and they know what they are. And Howie Roseman, two first round. I'm going to make this simple for you. They're taking George Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> Not always, you know, we still got Keely Ringo out there. He fell out of the first round. No, I know, but it's the same again. way. It's like, hey, you take great players from winning programs, you're usually going to be okay. You know, who were yeah. two of the first three were from where? Alabama. Alabama. That's not a coincidence. It's nope. not a coincidence. So um, let's see here. Albert Knopper says, lots of surprises during the draft yesterday. I think this is a softball. Speaking of softball, I'm just going to lob it up for you so you can smash it. What was the biggest surprise of the first round for you? Gosh, so many of them. Uh, the biggest surprise was probably Will Levis falling completely out of the first round considering there was a lot of I guess we can say it in hindsight, BS about him. Oh, and Houston really likes him. Oh, the Colts. Oh, the Titans. Uh, somebody out there. I'm curious if there is something else going on. Obviously, he scored high on that S2. It's not that going on. Uh, he had some up and down tape, but the traits are there. I heard he interviewed kind of oddly, but like, I, I mean, I don't know. As long as you got the work ethic and intelligence, you can be kind of a march to a different drum. You know who marches to a different kind of drum out there? Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Those are different dudes. Um, but that's that's okay. Not everybody can be, you know, Mr. Uh, relatable Peyton Manning and uh, him falling out of the second round. I think it's probably the tape obviously is a little bit erratic, uh, but I think the biggest thing is the medicals. I think that turf toe probably that he played through last year is maybe a little bit of a concern with him. But Will Levis falling completely out of the first round. I thought for sure somebody would trade back in uh, just to get that fifth year option on him. But alas, uh, he'll probably be one of I would assume he'd be one of the first five, ten picks today. Uh, but who knows? Yeah, well, the thing is, is, once you start that slide, you know, you end up saying, is this where the next quarterback could go for, you know, it, it, I know the answer to this. I'll let you answer first. Would it surprise you if Hennon Hooker went before Will Levis at this point? I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't do it personally, especially with Hennon Hooker coming off the ACL and the style of offense that he played is has I get Drew Locke fear from him where it's like, oh, big arm, wide open guys and huge spaces because of the hash marks. That works. Eh, it's not a lot of I think NFL. He's a different personality, though. Oh, yes, I think part I of the problem with True Lock is he's just too bro-y. Uh, I mean, and I, you say this about pitchers all the time, but he's a flake. Yeah. You know, Hendon Hooker, he he strikes me more as like a drill sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I just I think I think he's a better leader, a better quarterback. Where Drew Lock, Drew Lock should have been a pitcher. You know, with that mm -hmm. big arm and that frame of his, where he can just go out there and be happy, go lucky, and just fire the damn ball. He should have been a pitcher. Yeah. Um. He's, he's having a tough time with it at court, but that's neither here nor there. No. Um, Gary Shipple coming in. He has a good question, and uh, it's kind of rhetorical. Can we just write in Joey Porter Jr. at pick 32? Uh, I think Penn State, obviously. Um, Porter, Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. Does make a lot of sense, doesn't it? It does make a lot of sense. I think Brian Branch has a chance as well. There, they could use a secondary. They, the other corner, the other safety out there is uh, Alabama guy who played slot and safety out there in Minka Fitzpatrick. So I think you could see Brian Branch as well. But Joey Porter makes a lot of sense. I'm glad to see Joey Porter fall a little bit. I know we were mocking him in the first, but like watching his tape, he just is so not fluid. Uh, he's a stiff guy, and I don't think he's got a tremendous burst. And he's a little bit handsy. I'm like, this isn't what a, I think of a first round cornerback, uh, personally speaking. So uh, I'm glad to see him. I know a lot of people are like, oh, he's could be cornerback one in this class. I didn't see it. Uh, so now he's here at 32. I think top first, like top 10 picks here in the second round for sure. And it makes a lot of sense to the Steelers here at uh, 32. Staying on the uh, surprise bandwagon here. Uh, Joe, Joe Cannon says, Will McDonald to the Jets might have been a little bit of a surprise as well. I mean, 35 inch arm length, tremendous bend. I compared him to a less explosive, but still like crazy length. Uh, ben player like Randy Gregory uh, for the Broncos. I just kind of think the profile a little similar. Gregory's got a little bit better traits, but also a little bit more erratic behavior, I guess is how we'll put it. Uh, but uh, Will McDonald is definitely a surprise there. I'm curious if the Jets were in panic mode uh, after they got jumped for an offensive tackle. I think they were thinking that uh, Brandon uh, Broderick Jones would fall to them. And then the Steelers jump up two picks to jump in front of them and the commanders to get him. 
I'm surprised they didn't go with like Jackson Smith and Jigba or something out there, you know, just continue to get weapons for Rodgers. But uh, that was definitely a surprising pick. I'm just happy he didn't get picked before my guy Lucas Van Ness because I wouldn't have heard the end of it from my Iowa State friends. Uh, Lucas Van Ness struck me as a Packer uh, or a Viking. You know, where do you get those? Now we won't get into that too much, but he, (laughs) (laughs) he made sense up there in the NFC North. Uh, Mike Eichner. Now here is a name from my past. I've known Mike for as old as we are now, however many years that is. I always used to joke that I never had a coach that actually played when talking about how much the game has grown in the United States where I see these developmental academies and, you know, my son plays for a former golden boot winner, El Salvador's all-time leading scorer coaches in our age group, all that kind of stuff. It's not quite true because Mike is a older brother of one of my good friends in high school and was a soccer legend in East Cobb back in the eighties when we were kids. And he coached us one year, he coached us one year. So Mike, I hope you were doing well. Thanks for checking in. Say hello to the family for us. Appreciate you being here. Puts a smile on my face to see you in here, Mike. Uh, there's another one. There's the old man. So good morning. He says, good job guys. Well, thank you, sir. Mr. Kennedy. And, and Kevin agreed. Like I said, it was a softball for me. Will Levis was the biggest surprise falling out of the, out of the first and then not just as i told you before basically every sec fan i talked to in my group of friends and family and there's some pretty good football minds in there they were shocked at anthony richardson and will levis getting that talk okay they went one for two the 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 colts i think they were patient but they got a little lucky because would they have taken if somebody jumped up and took that number three spot to take to take let's say the seattle seahawks move up to three and take Richardson, do they take Levis at four? It doesn't look like it. It doesn't look like they would have right now, and now they're scrambling. They probably would have taken Will Anderson and just said, you know what, we'll take a hit a double and a reset. Maybe we go in then for Trey Lance in a trade after this. But, uh, yeah, Anthony Richardson going number four overall. Had got some connections on the Seahawks beat. You know, talked to some guys out there, and it sounds like their understanding is that the Seahawks were full-on ready to take Richardson at five, and then he goes to pick a number four to the Colts or they were happy to take Devon Witherspoon uh, without a doubt. But uh, Richardson, I mean, who knows what the reality is and we'll hear other things come after the fact, but uh, had heard some Richardson connection there leading up to it, like, you know, a couple hours before and then uh, afterwards saying that uh, Richardson was the pick and they had to change things a little bit, but uh, you know how I was on Richardson. I was ecstatic. Uh, I'm happy to see him go for overall, not slide because I'm somebody who's very much a trusty, the traits and to hear that he did very well in the interviews aspect as well. Um, it's always a risk out there, but I have a philosophy at drafting quarterback early is that you swing for the damn fences. It's not batting for average. You're not trying to, you know, the bunt derby that you see in like Japanese baseball, all-star games. It's a home run derby out there. You need to clear the fence, uh, because of the, especially the elite demigod, you know, superhero quarterbacks that you see in the AFC West right now. And Richardson has superhero traits. Um, so we'll see it's a risk, but I'd swing. Yeah, I'll be real interested. I think he's going to be a lot of fun to watch with Shane Steichen and see how he develops. And he, they won't rush him in there. They've, they've got time. Chris Ballard, my question was with their with their general manager, will Chris Ballard have time? Because if they lose big again this year, he's in trouble. Who's not in trouble and keeps us out of trouble is Gary Leeds Palmer here coming in with a super chat. Uh, thank you for the support. Just a reminder, the best way to support the show is directly like this, like Gary Palmer has with a super chat on YouTube or Facebook star. So thank you, sir. Says, good morning, Nick and Scott. Sounds like his Scott sounds like his champagne's warm. You got the best running back. Well, one, I don't really care. Uh, I care more about being right about these guys than about you know where they actually go. Um, and the other part of it was there wasn't anybody really at eight that I would have been over the moon with, one way or the other, just because there's so many questions on all of these guys. Mm-hmm. They had taken Christian Gonzalez. Okay. I like that pick, and here's why. Jalen Carter, uh, I, I I like what he could be, but he's scary. He could end up with a big bust factor. As far as the safest pick, the immediate impact pick, one of the most exciting picks you could actually put on the field next year, that's B. John Robinson. It truly is um, yeah. as far as the impact goes. I mean, who, other than maybe a Will Anderson type or if Tyree Wilson just you know blasts off, off the edge and comes in with 15, 16 sacks as a rookie, Bishon Robinson's going to maybe have your biggest impact on any team right away next season. 
I don't think that's a shock. And I think he's went to probably about as ideal of a situation as he could have hoped for uh, realistically. I mean, I don't know if there are Arthur Smith is one of the top three run game designers in the NFL. And now you have arguably probably one of the top five running backs in football entering next season, maybe even top three considering running backs are typically best on their rookie contract. Bijan, there's not, it's not crazy to say he'll be a top three running back next season. He could be the best running back in football next season. Uh, and then you have the offensive line infrastructure in front of him as well. Everything got easier for that offense. Now I have agreed with your take that adding an elite running back, you're already functioning at like 80%. You're not going to go to 150% by adding an elite running back. What is the margins there? But you got somebody that should make the whole system run more easily. Uh, teams are going to bite much harder on play action. You're going to see a lot more single high safety shells. And this is something that should have an amplifying effect, not only on Desmond Ritter. And I think it honestly helps the pass game more than the run game. Um, it should have an amplifying effect on Desmond Ritter and the matchups that you're going to get on the boundary with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and whoever else you bring in at uh, the pass catcher spot. So it's a, it's a running back pick. But I think this running back pick impacts the pass game for the Falcons more than the run game. Well, and as Nighthawk said, Bijan Robinson's going to drop into the slot when when Algier yeah. is back there. They'll run some pro sets. They'll do a lot mm -hmm. of different things to get them on the field and get them get them their touches in space. Think Cordero Patterson. Who who unlocked Cordero Patterson? Arthur Smith did. Um, Bijan Robinson is obviously a more natural running back than Cordero Patterson. Uh, Patterson was a first round wide receiver, so it's a little bit different. But get your playmakers the ball. And I, I trust Arthur Smith to do that, despite complaints about Kyle Pitts and all this. Part of that was the lack of options. When you're looking up and you see three guys on Kyle Pitts, yeah, I understand why you're not throwing to him. Um, and a lot of this is going to depend on Desmond Ritter. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Uh, yeah, a guy we depend on every every morning is Mark Schrader coming in with a super chat in, the, in his orange. Thank you, sir. Again, that's just, just a huge help to the show. It encourages us to keep going, keep doing more and more things. Uh, try and get better, improve, better lighting, shinier forehead, all those type of things. So thank you, Mark. You you mean a lot to everything that um, that we do here. Maybe Albert Knoppers has a question. He says, how many of the picks you thought a team would pick did you get right? I got one or two. Um, I don't necessarily try and predict what teams are going to take home as much just because I don't know the other teams that well uh, in order to say, okay, I, I can say why this makes sense, you know, on a very superficial level. I typically know the players a little bit better and and why I think that you are getting a good player. How does he how do you think he fits in a Houston Texans offensive coordinators insert name here offense? No idea. None. No no idea. But I know Bryce Young uh, and I know Will Anderson. I know the the questions around Jalen Carter. Um so I, I wasn't guessing too much on those. There's a lot of players that I'll be interested to watch that I've I'm a fan of and that we've talked up. And those are the guys that I want to succeed. Because at the end of the day, who I root for, I root for me. I root for me. So when I say somebody's going to be good, I want them to be good. I don't care where they go. Yeah, and that's kind of weird because at the end of the day, I root for you too, Scott. That's that's the I think we I have my jersey says Kennedy on there. No, uh, <laughs> I have another takeaway here, and this is something I cannot remember who it was. A former general manager had talked about the changes of NFL over the last few years, and we kind of started to see it at college, where it's this idea of positionless football. We're seeing it with like the defensive line and the secondary, and now it's starting to translate to the offense as well. Uh, and I think this is a good just philosophy going forward and a way to think about it. Uh, do you like this offensive playmaker enough to draft them as a wide receiver in the first round? If the answer is yes, I don't care what slot it is in front of their name. That's a guy that you is worth taking up there because again, maybe you're not going to get the contract value, but you're going to get the impact value more so. And guys like Bijan Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, if they were wide receivers, they're probably still first round picks. Uh, to Kyle Pitts, wide receiver, probably if definitely still a top 10 pick. Uh, Dalton Kincaid, wide receiver. First round pick is a wide receiver, you know, the, that kind of thing. So maybe we need to start thinking about these positions a little bit different in terms of the actual like box that they're in. 
and think more so about the positionless football. If you move them to the, the now receiving like Ted Lasso, <laughs> it's called total football, baby. Um, but no, it's a, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. I took a little bit of shrooms, but or was it acid in that one episode of the Amsterdam episode? Amsterdam, great city. If you've never been there, it's a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, a lot of fun. But yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think we are entering an era of positionless football, and the seeing what we saw with uh, B. John Robinson and uh, Jameer Gibbs here, early top twelve picks in an era where we—that's the two earliest running backs we've had picked since Saquon Barkley. I think uh, to see that out there is a emphatic point towards this positionless football people are seeing Cordero Patterson they're seeing Debo Samuel and they're saying how do we get our playmakers the ball and you know what that's old school I mean Christian McCaffrey <laughs> new school that's how do I get my best player of the football that's old school football man McCaffrey having missed a lot of football games um having a big contract getting and the AG is as a running back getting a second third and fourth round pick from uh the 49ers to go from Carolina to over to San Francisco. So uh, it's interesting. And also this kind of just bold prediction today, we've had been mocking him late, but this positionless football uh, conversation, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Devon A-Chain comes off the board extremely early here in this round uh, because of the tackle-breaking ability. He actually was better at yards after contact than Jameer Gibbs and the speed. I know he's not big, um, but just where it went. Okay, Devon A-Chain, running back, weird. Slot receiver, interesting. Uh, so we'll see. Ryan Adonis says, I think Bijan also brings national exposure and fans will be buying home game tickets. I think the Falcons have been sold out pretty much since Arthur Blank took over. Um, I grew up with blackouts in the 80s, and the only time you ever watched the Falcons was when they were on the road. I don't remember the last blackout the Falcons have had. Uh, where it can help, though, is it can help them win games, which will get those Falcons season ticket holders that have bought seats to actually go to the games instead of selling them to Green Bay Packers and Pittsburgh Steelers fans, or if they're playing the Detroit Lions just to leave the entire lower bowl empty. Um, I blame a little bit of that on the greed of the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, with the PSLs and stuff, I actually got a call from them. I was a season ticket holder in 98, 99, and I got a call said, hey, would you like to reconsider and do this? I'm like, no, you lost me with the PSLs, man. You priced out fans and you're selling to corporations. And corporations aren't filling the seats when they're a bad team uh, in the lower bowl. So the lower bowl looks like, uh, you know, it looks like it's, it's empty unless they're playing a name team from uh, from out of state where there's a bunch of local fans, which there's a lot of in this city. And uh, and then it's a home game for them. So hopefully it just means a better home field advantage, Ryan, because it helps them win. If they win, everything will take care of itself. It is the NFL. You don't have to worry about names. The NFL is the name. The Atlanta Falcons are the name. The big name coming in here, killing it for us on Super Chats, is Gary Palmer. He says, that top 10 draft pod was the most fun I've had without a pick in the first. Good job, guys. Well, thank you. We had fun doing it. Um, Nick and I put a lot of work into it. And again, because of people like you, like Mark, like Michael, um, and, and all the regulars we have on the show, uh, we come in here and, and do well. And speaking of regulars, here comes Terry Ocean Boy Martin. He is excited to see B. John Robinson uh, as an Atlanta Falcon. And I'm telling you, if you throw away positional value and contract structure, you're excited to have B. John Robinson on your team. And that's that's easy for me to do. It really is. Because, again, what player for next season could the Falcons have taken that would have had a bigger impact than B. John Robinson? I don't think you could do it. I really don't. Yeah, it's, I mean, he's going to be a very fun player and Arthur Smith continues to build zig while the rest of the league zags. So I think you should be very happy about that. And God, he's going to be really interesting. I'm going to try to get him on my damn fantasy teams. That's for sure. Uh, this upcoming year, big fan of Bijan. I don't think he is a Saquon Barkley level prospect coming out. Maybe even not uh, Christian McCaffrey, just because McCaffrey was such a incredible receiving back. Uh, but he's right. I mean, he's right there with those guys. He's right like bumping his head up against those guys. So in this draft class, also with all the questions and we saw how erratic it got after there, uh, I have no question with it. I do wonder what direction the Falcons would have gone if they had the option of Devon Witherspoon and Tyree Wilson there, a lot of mm -hmm. smoke with, uh, uh, Bijan to begin with, but those are two guys that seem like there was a lot of connection, uh, to the Falcons as well, but not, you can't be too upset about the Bijan pick. The other thing that I'm also uh, considering here is we kept talking about trading back and taking Bijan. I'm curious if the Detroit Lions had thought there's no way. Wouldn't have happened. Yeah, yeah I, I, I put that in the writing on the grades. Yeah. 
Uh, and and y'all have heard me say, and, and Ryan and Donis, listen up, talking about trading back, they couldn't have gone below the Lions because the Lions would have taken B. John Robinson. There's some talk here that the Eagles might have taken him 10. I don't think so. I, I, don't, I still don't think the Eagles would have taken him at 10. But if the Lions were willing to take Jameer Gibbs at 12, they absolutely would have taken B. John Robinson. So if yeah. B. John Robinson was your guy, and we said this before, if he's your guy, you got to take him at eight. You, you've got to. Um, he wasn't necessarily my guy, so I would have I would have been okay going back down to 13 and getting Lucas Van Ness and a, a second rounder in the next year's third. I would have been okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, Philip Hogginson coming in. He says, good morning, guys. Beautiful day in Montana. I like the Falcons pick. Hopefully the Broncos can find some good talent. Broncos will be on the clock tonight. And thank you for the super chat, my friend. And Nighthawk coming in. Look at that. Uh, and he's going to transition for us with a huge top rope. That's that's like the hawk and animal from the Road Warriors. Mm-hmm. You're, you're Hawk from the Road Warriors coming in. Top rope off the up top rope super chat. Appreciate you coming in, Nighthawk. Like I said, keeps the lights on. Keeps my forehead nice and shiny. Um, talking about who do you think we can target in the second round? I think that's a good transition, Nick. And, and how I'd kind of like to do this is to uh, to run the PFF simulator so we can see, kind of get an idea who's going to be available. If that works for everybody else, that's kind of how I'd like to do. And we can discuss some of the options that will be available uh, when the Falcons pick. Some names that I'm looking at, just off the cuff, Steve Avila is still there. Osiris Torrance is still there. Those are two of the top guards. Uh, Steve Avila can also play some center. Jonathan Mingo does a very good Cordero Patterson impersonation. I love him. There's corners everywhere. Edge, BJ Ojolari is still there. There's lots of good prospects. So we're talking about 10 or so uh, picks that you have to make. I can find 10 players that we'll be happy with before we get to 44. And Nighthawk, thank you so much, dude. That's such a big help. Uh, And I want to hit one more, uh, one more super before we go here and move on to that also is Jason L coming in with a, a, another big super chat. Thank you, sir. He says, Bijan and, and Tyler, probably the best running back room in the NFL. Now there's a good argument. There's a, a starts becoming a really good discussion. Does anybody have else to... have two running backs as good as those two? Cause Tyler Algier is a one. I mean, he's the NF, he's the Atlanta Falcons rookie record holder for rushing rush for a thousand yards as a rook. And it wasn't exactly a fluke. I mean, he did it by breaking tackles and running hard and, Bijan Robinson, while unproven, the transition from college to running back, running back is running back, man. It's it's not a hard position to learn. You're born. Running backs are born. When you hear coaches say, you can't teach that, you can't coach that, it's usually, most of the time, they're talking about what running backs do with the football in their hand. Um, there's so there's always a, exceptions. a great comment, Jason. There's always exceptions. There are no guarantees. I agree with you. Running back is typically one, but for every, you know, 10 running backs that are pretty, you know, plug and play, you got Clyde Edwards, Alaire go in the first round, granted later, but absolute bust and what an easy situation with the, uh, the chiefs. And then also a uh, Trent Richardson three overall and, you know, really physically talented, gifted as the frame ran well, no vision, no feel, no patience. I don't have those questions with Bijan though, watching the tape. Right. So, um, but again, it's the NFL draft. There are no guarantees. Uh, just a little bit to be tongue in cheek here, a uh, better running back room. How about the Colts? Uh, you got uh, Jonathan Taylor and now Anthony Richardson at running back back there. Uh, those two guys together. Yeah, running game. Running you know, game. So yeah. if you say the running game, um, the Colts are good. That Jonathan Taylor's got to come back from injury. And B. John Robinson is completely unproven at this level. So, you know, it, it might be a little premature. Yeah. Jason, let's revisit this in a few months. Well, you know, a few months into the season. Uh, yeah. let, let's revisit this. It and certainly Smith looks incredible. good on paper. Yeah. Um, and Ryan Adonis says, was there anyone at eight that other teams are trying to trade up for? I don't think the Falcons got any good offers. And that's an excellent point, too, um, because you're thinking, OK, there is a quarterback still on the board. No, there wasn't. No, I mean, there wasn't. People weren't coming up for Will Levis at eight. Uh, you saw I'm thinking you see teams make a one place switch. We saw that happen a couple of times and maybe pick up a third. But I, I don't think the the risk was it was too risky if you want to be John Ryan. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. If you wanted Bijan, no matter what, I agree. I do think that it's possible. You had the Eagles straight up one pick behind you there. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. the Eagles would come up to eight. You could have gotten the same exact pick that the Bears got instead. What was it, a fourth rounder? Um, and then uh, still gotten say, uh, Bijan there at pick fourth 10. Fourth rounder is not worth it for me to go back if, to that spot. So it would have taken, for me to come out of eight, it would have taken at least a second rounder. 
oh well to move back two spots that wasn't gonna happen so yeah and that, that's yeah. not gonna happen so uh, again the, the court one quarterback was there uh the trade down options weren't uh weren't as good there to to make sure because you couldn't go below now if jameer gibbs is still on the board in the second round i have questions mm-hmm. but you know you got your guy at eight and you're talking me into a better grade here as well you know you start talking positional value could you have gotten him later you know probably not no. probably not um and I'm just laughing at Billy over here. And Billy is pretty upset about the pick. Billy Jurassic saying he's going to square up with Terry. I don't know if you saw, I shared it with Scott this morning, but there is a, uh, a rap that's going on right now with uh, <laughs> a diss track to Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith about taking Bijan Robinson. It's good that. work. There's some it talented people laugh. in Atlanta in the music industry. I've said for the music and entertainment industry, the Atlanta Hawks should be Showtime South. Yeah. Um, you know, I, like I've said, I grew up in the eighties with the Lakers and Showtime. And make put Tyler Perry on the floor and turn him into Jack Nicholson of Atlanta for God's sakes. Pretty damn funny. Um, I don't think you'll be too upset when you see uh Bijan back there in the scheme. Uh, but maybe they'll, you know, 10 years from now, you see some other players at positions of value and be like, ah, oh, we had a short ish run with Bijan. I wish we had a little bit different, but uh, we're gonna get into a two round or maybe uh, three round mock here, mocking day two for the Falcons. We're gonna do all seven. We're going to do a seven round mock here with the Falcons. We'll Excuse do all me. seven. It doesn't take that long to burn through no. it. And we'll, we'll, we'll spend a lot of time on day two on the guys that can be available here because really they pick second, third and fourth, and then they're done. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not going to worry about the three seventh round picks. So, well, you know what, let's do a, a four round mock. Cause they don't even have a pick in this fifth and sixth. Uh, I'm going to zoom in just a little bit. And uh, I want to say Pantera It is Pantera, but the 1959 throws off. It looks like Pantera. Um, Pantera says Ade Ade at 44 for the win, baby. You got my vote. If Ade Ade is there at 44 and you got a chance to take him, I'd be pretty happy about a 280-pound guy that runs a 4.5. Uh, coming out of Northwestern with the characteristics and the work ethic and the leadership that he has shown, uh, I'd be pretty darn happy. Uh, Cursive Q says, what number will Bijan wear? What did he wear in college i tell you what that one looked pretty damn good on him last night <laughs> i don't know that that's taken or not i, feel I like can't he wore think eight. of the number one i feel like he wore eight good on him last night yeah i, I hopefully he gets a single digit out there look pretty sleek i like it that uh the nfl has relaxed a little bit on those rules because i want the elite players wearing those single digits kind of like you see in baseball like if you see somebody out there in like number seven it's like oh that guy's probably yeah, got- special how do I not have Bijan on the cover? I've got Bijan on the cover with his. I, I did a to Bijan or not to Bijan. That is the question. He wore five. On YouTube. Um, but I, the picture I used of him this morning on All Falcons was him with his Falcons hat and a grin. I like. I liked that one. Um, I, I feel like he wears. Was it like I don't know? I want to say five. I don't know. But it is five. One pretty sharp. Um, let's get into this because we'll be able to talk about some. Uh, We'll be able to talk some, and yeah, and uh, Ryan's right. He said he wore number five. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thank you. Um, who is your winner and loser in this draft? The easy loser on this, Brandon, is, is Will Levis. Um, I don't think I would ever accept an invitation to be there at the draft. <laughs> um, I, I think the second, the second most Googled name I think I read this morning was Will Levis's girlfriend. Um, no, <laughs> I did that. Um, but, uh, again, it's just uncomfortable. Uh, it's just uncomfortable for them. Um, let's get into this. We'll, we're going to start talking to, uh, about some of the players that were available, are available in day two targets. Um, uh, we're going to use PFS simulator. I've knocked down the care for positional value because one, I think you get more into needs at this point. You have a bigger pool of players as the talent group as the elite talent comes off the board, as the top 10% comes off the board, the next tier is much bigger. So you start trying mm-hmm. to pick for needs out of that same pool of players. So uh, I knocked that down some and moved up draft for needs just a little bit. And I want to hit enter draft. And the Steelers are on the clock. And, you know, I say go ahead and just pick Joey Porter Jr. there. But we'll hit start draft on this one. There it is, okay. Joey Porter. <laughs> and it made sense. They did pick Joey Porter Jr., Brian Branch is a good pick. Keely Ringo to the Lions. Will Levis finally comes off the board to the Colts. Mm, yeah, I don't know that that's going to happen, but boy, would that be interesting. Uh, that's that the college be. way of doing things. I'm going to recruit too, and whoever wins, wins. Michael Mayer, some guys that slipped. You've got Osiris Torrance, a guy I mentioned who's still on the board. That could be a trade up. If I want to throw in a pair of sevens to move up seven spots or a next year's fifth to move up and get 
my number one guard. Uh, okay, that's not bad. And, and, and yeah, because Tyreek agrees with me. He says, we have to try and get an extra second round pick. I said last night that I think the sweet spot in this draft is 25 to 50. And you're looking at these players in here, and I can make an argument for taking every single one of them and how to use them. I really like this group. Uh, Ade Ade comes off the board at 39 to the Panthers. Keon White, high upside defensive end from Georgia Tech to the Saints. Those are two defensive linemen you don't want to see in the NFC South, Nick. I promise you that. Yeah, those are two guys that are height, weight, speed kind of ones. Surprised neither of them went in the first round. They're going to go off the board early here. Both would have been uh, guys that I was saying, hey, this would be a great pick, pick for the uh, the Falcons. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, not there. So we'll see what happens. Did Michael Mayer go off the board? Did I miss him? He did. He went off okay. just early in the second round uh, to the Rams. Yep. Uh, Cam Smith, cornerback, South Carolina. There's another South Carolina cornerback I like that I target in the third all the time. Darnell Washington. There's a question about Darnell Washington as a fit in this offense. Absolutely. I'd I'd be thrilled to see Darnell Washington uh, in a Falcons uniform. Would be a very, I mean, you talk about adding to the run game again some more. I mean, 12 personnel is Kyle Pitts could be an X out there. You you have somebody that further unlocks uh, the usage of Kyle Pitts. So we're on the clock now with the uh, Atlanta Falcons. I know the guy that you're going to suggest here, um, and it's one of my favorite. There's no suggest. There's a guy I would take flat out. I'm going to make a pitch here for somebody else, and you're going to go against me. But I think for just my understanding of the Falcons offense, this player would be a better fit, Um, and that is Matthew Bergeron. I think Matthew Bergeron is a better fit for the mobility that is demanded of the, the blockers on this Falcons team. They like to get those guys in space. They like the movement skills. And I think Bergeron is a exceptionally more fluid athlete than Steve Avila. And I love Steve Avila for the more compact aspect of the game, much more of a power scheme, but he doesn't climb as well. He's not as good in space as Matthew Bergeron. I think Bergeron is honestly, he's also got more tackle upside guard tackle versus guard center of uh, Steve Avila. I think Bergeron is an exceptional. Uh, All right. We're in the war room. We are in the war room with y'all right now. This is Matthew Bergeron from the Senior Bowl. Uh, he, he played a lot of tackle, but he's got the movement he can play across the board. Um, you can see him real light on his feet. And as what Nick is saying, this is against Byron Young. If you watch the Falcons and how they run screen plays and get out wide, when they've got McGarry and Lindstrom on the right side, swinging out wide and Dalman then sprinting out to the second level when they're going to the right side. It's, it's pretty, it's, it's fun to watch. Can you do that on the left side as much with where they had last year with Eli Wilkinson? Probably not Uh, with Jake Matthews. Probably not Um, with Steve Avila. Probably not. And I'll show you why here in just a moment. You've got tackle athleticism here. And again, you see how flexibility, the flexibility has how light on the feet he is that he has the ability to get out to the second level and run those dynamic screen plays, wide running plays that Nick is talking about that the Falcons do. And and, and again, if you're scheme dependent, I don't want you. I don't think he is. And that's kind of the point here. He is at guard. So can he play guard? Here he is at left guard. Uh, He got a good punch and opened that up for Kenny McIntosh. Now, let's take a look at the body type. And the size, whoops, I didn't mean to hear stop screen. I meant to hit uh, share a video file of Steve Avila. Um, I I kind of like mashers, I, I'll tell yeah. you. And, and I think he's mobile enough. He's a wide load and he's so strong. He just mauls people. Um, he can handle anybody you put in front of him. Inside, I think he, he, he could be an old school tackle. He probably played some tackle at TCU. Because right he, you know, he's bit. he's he doesn't have the length, but he's got the 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 quickness and the agility out there. Oh man! Um, again, we've said good options. You're going to have good options at 44. If I'm taking Bergeron or Avila, I'm pretty happy out there. Now let me look between the two of them at tackle. Syracuse. Uh, Bergeron was 6'5", 320, 30 yard vertical leap. Um, Avia at TCU, six four three thirty five two one four seven four shuttle with a seven eight five L cone. So good, not great. 
Avila is not an incredible athlete. He's massive. He's strong. He's technically sound. Uh, his, his athleticism and his strength and balance. That's yeah. what makes him an incredible athlete. He doesn't have the quickness. No. You know, he's a it's, phone booth it's, like, it's like saying a marathon runner is not a great, an incredible athlete. Yes. Yes, he is. Yeah. It's just, it's just different. This is, yeah. he is a different version of an incredible athlete because his traits are strength and balance as yeah. opposed to uh, quickness side to side. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I could be, I could be talking to Matthew Bergeron and frankly, Matthew Bergeron, despite the, where he is on this board, I was talking about getting some, getting some time sneaking in possibly to sneaking into the first round. So again, if I wanted to come off this a little bit, I could also be pretty darn happy with BJ Ojolari at edge. Is he too similar? I think you're looking for more like massive, you know, if the Ade Ade or Keon White were there, I think you're looking for some hulks out yeah. there with that scheme. Like Zach Harrison. Like Yaya Diaby in the fourth? Yes. In or the Yaya Diaby in, or he's the there, third. But Keanu Benton on the inside, yeah. I could be happy with that pick. I could be happy at wide receiver. The Falcons need a number two wide receiver with Cedric Tillman. And I mentioned Jonathan Mingo. Jonathan Mingo is still there. Also, I think um, we got to talk a little bit of cornerback as well. Um, you had Julius Brent still available. You got uh, Darius Rush available. Oh, and Julius I saw Brent would be a great pick. See, this is what I'm saying, y'all. Yeah. Day two is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't trade up, there's, and this is one of the reasons why I said I'd love to a trade down and picked up another number two. There's 10 players still right here that I mm-hmm. would be really, really thrilled to have uh, and, and plug in. As far as who can help me the most right now, I want a left guard. Yeah, you can go with Avila again. I just was thinking about it more and more. Matthew Bergeron, I think, is the discount version on um, Peter Skronsky, where we had the discussion about, I think he can be an elite guard, but he also could play tackle if you want. gives you more long-term flexibility at a position of value. And I just think with the angles and the movement and the second-level targeting that you see in Arthur Smith's scheme, that Matthew Bergeron's game translates to what they look for a little bit more, but you're not giving up the size and power at the 320. He's not as much of a phone booth mauler as Steve Avila. If you want that at left guard, I totally get it. Uh, yep. But um, I think in the scheme. And Ryan Adonis says, I think Fontenot Smith like their left guards to be to be on the bigger side. I'm going to talk myself out of this, uh, Ryan, because the guy who comps on the Falcons to Steve Avila as far as, oh, he's a mauler and he played right tackle and he got moved to guard was, was Jalen Mayfield. Uh, now, Steven, very similar body types, wide load. Their forte was supposed to be the running game. Jalen Mayfield got thrown to the wolves too early. I'll, I'll keep making excuses for him. Uh, he wasn't ready to play. It wasn't his fault that he was thrown out there prematurely. That was the state of the Falcons roster. But he wasn't good enough. Uh, but again, the whole point of this exercise today, all is to show you some of the options that are going to be available day two. These are several options to take. I'd be pretty happy. I'm not trying to guess who the Falcons are going to take. I'm just saying, uh, and, and AQ Dragons said, is that Pickens in a few clips? Yes, it was. Uh, South Carolina defensive lineman. Um, I like Pickens a lot. But I'd be pretty happy with, with a lot of these guys, including, well, Julius Brents, Joe Tipman, <laughs> uh, and Matthew Bergeron out of Syracuse. So I can live with that. And I've been thinking about that one a lot. Um, for the Falcons. And I'm like, man, that's just one. I think it makes a lot of sense for what they're asking for there. I know that he was getting some first round hype. He's got a, got more of a boxy frame, um, but uh, Hey, we got two guys there for, there you the, go. Uh, Derek Broncos, uh, Derek Broncos, Denver Broncos fans at 67 and 68. If you get Derek Hall and Jonathan Mingo, you're doing backflips. Yeah. I know we got a lot of Broncos fans in here watching um, that follow us from mile high huddle. <clears throat> and if you get Mingo and eight and, uh, and Derek Hall 67 and 68, you're, you're happy. You are really, really happy. Yeah. That it out. So we're on the clock now with the Falcons again. It's always kind of funny to see the same guys up there at the top every single time um, for them. Uh, Darius Rush and Marvin Mims stand out for me here. Uh, you're looking for a little bit of explosiveness. I saw somebody earlier say they could wait for Chandler Zavala there mm-hmm. at left guard as well. There he is. Um, would be an interesting one. Uh, Sidney Brown is still available as well. Um, I'm curious. This is one again. Maybe we're going against the uh, the board here for them. Uh, but uh, a lot of wide receivers available. Tyler Scott is a uh, Zach Harrison still available. I know that they, they're lower they on list him, them at edge. Don't they? Yeah. I like Carl Brooks. I'm not a huge fan of these two right here, but there's Zach Harrison. 
and Yaya Diaby. We might as well wait until round four to cheat the system on this one. But I think if you like either of those guys, they probably got to go here um, with round three. Yeah, and, and you, you know the talk in here is, hey, go defense, go defense, go defense. I, I get that. But the players I like in this range are all offensive players for the most mm. part, uh, except for Darius Rush. But the Falcons need another wide receiver as well. Marvin Mims fits that very, very nicely. There's been a lot of smoke about the safety position. Corey Trice is also a very good corner. Um, let's see here. Tyler Scott, a wide receiver. So again, most of the players that I like here in this in this area are offensive players. Yeah. They, and so I think they, just they want to give are. And I, I think I can go and it is, I don't mind it as much because as much money was spent in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. Um Ryan asks about Nick's Nick Herbig. I don't know much about him. He is probably going to have to transition to more of a stack linebacker spot at the next level and then be a third down passer specialist just because he is so small. Um, he absolutely beat the living hell out of my Iowa Hawkeyes. I think he had like four sacks in the first half of them, but Iowa's right tackle play this last year was an absolute abomination. Uh, but he's a fun player, hair on fire. He just is so small um, for that spot that I think you're probably thinking of somebody who's going to have to transition first and second down to play uh, the second level of the defense. And real so quick, just going talking back to why I say we're doing this is to show you some of the available options, not what are you thinking you moron? Why are you picking this guy? Darius Rush is a very good player. Marvin Mims is a very good player. Sidney Brown at safety could fill a need. There's been a lot of talk about safety coming out of Flowery Branch recently. Corey Trice at corner. Um, again, several. I, I would probably go, we start running out of receivers pretty much right after this. If I don't yeah. get a receiver now, I'm not getting one. This team needs a receiver. The scarcity of receivers in this draft helps me lean towards Marvin Mims over one of my corners right now, Nick. I wouldn't be against that. I did just want to give a quick shout out to somebody at this slot that you talked about a lot of buzz about safety. My number two safety uh, in this class is uh, Jartav Jartavius Martin, who's a little bit further down. He's the other Illinois safety, mm -hmm. um, played a lot of slot. He tested unbelievably. I think he was like 98th percentile in both jumps and then like 95th percentile in his 10 yard split, uh, extremely physical, versatile player played every single spot, deep safety, split safety, nickel corner box, uh, and boundary corner. So I really, uh, I'm a big fan of Jartavius Martin. He reminds yeah, I me like that one. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with Marvin Mims just cause I know yeah. I have trouble with wide receivers after this. Uh, Michael Lewitsky came in. He says, I got my birthday wish and got Robinson. Good for you. Um, moving up and getting Nolan Smith at the end of the first where he went and Joey Porter is still available. No, he's not. He actually went 32 to the Steelers. He's talking um, in real life. He would be, uh, he would be one of these. Uh, but again, who are the options that are available? There's several really good options in here. Uh, I, I'm going to go because of the scarcity of the position and the need that the Falcons both have. I'm going to go Marvin Mims here. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm a big fan of that pick as well. And one thing I like about Marvin Mims uh, to the, Falcons is that even though he's like a deep play kind of guy, he brings it. Um, he's a super physical player, uh, loves to, uh, you know, get at it, get at you a little bit. So that's a fun one. Um, who was the guy that I was targeting here in the fourth round? We talked about maybe the edge rushers. Um, you had two big edges that made some sense. Yeah, we had Diaby and uh, another one. Um, exactly. Looks like Harrison. they both might be gone. Carl Brooks, a pretty good player. Oh, they both went, but that's stupid. Um, well, you can go Carl Brooks here if you want. Yeah, I do. I went to the Colts and the yeah. other one. Who's the other one we were looking at? Zach Harrison. Zach Harrison. Yeah. So I do like Carl Brooks. Um, there's some talk about linebacker as well. I might go Dorian Williams there. Dorian Williams would be fun. But I do like, again, Corey there's Trice. some good options here at 110, and we get to pick two. So I'm going to get the edge Carl Brooks, who has some inside-outside flexibility. He's He can play inside. I think he's about 290. Um, yeah, let me, let me double check on that one real quick. First look. Yeah. 300 pounds. So he's six, four, he's an interior guy. Um, but lots of good options. KJ Henry. I'm not a huge fan of Riley Moss has some flexibility at cornerback safety. Byron young is a big body. It's a little early for him, for me on that one. Um, but good Martin. options here. Like I said, that was the point of this exercise was to show some of the day two options that were going to be there that we really like. Carl Brooks is a guy from Bowling Green that was at the Senior Bowl. The Falcons have done a good job of scouting the Senior Bowl um, and wouldn't totally surprise me uh, there as well. Now, go ahead and make a pick. You're on the board, Nick. I'm going to give you two players here, and you can pick your flavor. Um, it's going to be one of those two cornerbacks that's left in Corey Trice or Riley Moss. Uh, Corey Trice, I think, is a little bit 
more physical, like bigger, physically gifted. I think Riley Moss ha- is a better overall twitchier athlete with uh, more ball skills. So I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. PFF is lower on them. I wonder if they're scouting based on things that aren't the tape there with that uh, ranking there. I won't uh, get too far into that. I think he's going to end up going about pick 90 uh, to 110. So this is good range for him. And uh, yeah, this is overall a very good mock. And they don't like the Matthew Bergeron one. We'll see if I'm completely off on that. I've liked Bergeron there for a bit uh, with the, Falcons, I thought he had a chance to slip into the first round there. And uh, somebody who I think scheme-wise would be just, it just matches the movement skills that you're looking for. He's a heat-seeking missile kind of guy that you want in that offensive line. So um, would be an interesting pick. Also, is apparently a great dude. So counts for sorry. Something. I didn't realize I was still sharing that screen as I as I took that down. So yeah. <laughs> uh, interesting. Sorry about that. No, it's okay. Um, more of me yeah, on there. Again, great day two options. So to wrap up the show here, what we're talking about was, you know, grading the pick for the Atlanta Falcons, getting Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson is a round peg in a round hole. Um, how, how worried are you about salary cap and second contract and all that stuff? Right now, you're in your third year. You've had two losing seasons. You, you got to go win now. It's time. You've spent a ton of money. I don't think Arthur Smith's under a ton of pressure, but it's building a little bit. And they've, They've built up around the rest of the roster. That where are the holes right now on this team? You could use another dominant edge rusher. Who couldn't? There wasn't one there. Okay, there wasn't one there. You could use a left guard. Is for me still the is the biggest hole on the team. All right. Well, I didn't want to use that. How can I then take the running game, which is the strength of my team, and turn it into the the dominant force? I'll go ahead and get the best offensive player who happens to be a running back. And ask flexibility. And one of the questions, I think it was uh, Y'all Know Low came in. Uh, appreciate you being here. Oh, what a cool screenshot. Uh, your, your avatar there is really cool. He says, uh, I think with them going running back eight, they're going to make Patterson receiver with Drake and Pitts in the slot. Um, Patterson's just kind of an X factor. He can play anywhere. Give him, I want him to see, I want to see six to eight touches at running back, not 12 to 15. I think that will help because he runs like a kamikaze and I worry about his health, but you know, swing passes, put him in the slot, put him outside that if you're talking about, you know, lining up three receivers, Kyle Pitts, Cordero Patterson and, uh, and Drake London. Oh, and we just took Marvin Mims too, as your fourth, your, your, your pass catching room looks pretty good. Or I put Bijan Robinson in the slot and I got Tyler Algier at tailback. Okay. All of a sudden, the offensive weapons are starting to look better and better. So um, I, I think Patterson remains the X factor here. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I again, I, I absolutely understand the pick. It wasn't a pick I was advocating for at eight, but I could certainly make the argument for it without a doubt. Uh, making the argument for me is Ethan, the DWI guys. Y'all have killed it today on Super Chats. We've been doing this probably a little over a year, and I think today is a personal record for this show because of people like you, Ethan, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shout out everybody individually here in a little bit. But again, this is so helpful to us and everything we do. Thank you so much. Coming in red hot uh, over in England. This is great show, gents. Thanks always for great insight. Uh, and, and thank you. Thank you. And and real quick, Nick, I want to say thanks to all of our Super Chat supporters. Yeah. Um, Jason L. coming in. Nighthawk, big. Philip Hogginson, Gary Palmer, Mark Schrader, Gary Palmer again. And Gary Palmer also came in last night with Paul and Michael Ranquillo as well. So thanks to all of you. A salute to everybody for making this stuff we love to do, but making it so it's something we can make a living at. And I, I can't tell you how much that means to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you guys so much. We really do appreciate you coming in and supporting us today. Scott, I'm glad we did the show today. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully you're feeling good and ready for tonight as well. You like need I a said. workout, buddy. You know, yeah. you need you because I, I had told Nick last night, I'm like, listen, I don't feel like potting at nine. Take the morning off and sleep in. He's like, well, let's just go at 930. I'm like, okay, fine. Seven o'clock rolls around. I'm wired up about all the stuff we could do. So thank you, know, Nick. I, I, I wouldn't do this without Nick. So um, Nick. Thank you for being here and, and, and being my workout buddy with this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks to the chat. I mean, we wouldn't do it. We, we already, you know, we're talking up here, but we wouldn't do it without you guys over here. It's flipped for me. So over there, um, wherever the heck the chat is. So appreciate the heck out of you guys. A lot of fun. Um, 
Christmas. This is, you know, it's the combination of Hanukkah, not to be sacrilegious, but Hanukkah and Christmas here. We got three days of Christmas, NFL draft, you know, your big gifts up top, but we got some good ones coming up today as well. So excited to see that, how the board falls. And uh, my favorite day, my favorite, one of my favorite days of the entire year, day true, the NFL draft. Yeah. I, again, you just looked at it and how excited we got over the available players that were there at picks in, in the second and third round, more so than in the first, where it's like, hmm, I don't know, maybe, what should we do here? Second round, like, oh, yeah, I want yeah. that guy. I want that guy too. And that guy, and that guy, and that guy, and that guy. So it should be a lot of fun. We will be back Monday morning for a draft recap. Monday morning at 9 o'clock Eastern, our regular scheduled time. Um, stay tuned to All Falcons and allfalcons.com and Twitter and the YouTube page for all the stuff because we'll still be rolling content through all of these over the next 24 hours. The boys will be live at Mile High Huddle tonight. If you can't get enough draft action and want to see Nick again, I'm assuming you're going to be there. Yeah. Um, I probably won't be unless it rains. Uh, I've got double header tonight at baseball. So I'm going to go, go watch my own little, hopefully one day draft pick. But again, thank you for being here. Uh, love y'all. And it makes this a lot of fun to do. We'll see you Monday morning at nine o'clock and everybody, I hope all of you get the player you're targeting.